0: Hello! Welcome to the Boss it Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. So here we go again, Michael. Another boss. Yeah. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. We've both had a very busy week again. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. we're doing this sort of last last day, last hour during the week, which shows how yeah. busy we've been. Yeah, and, but it's um, good. Yeah. Busy
1: is good. It's, it's, oh, we, want, we we all complain,
0: but we want busy. That's why we do this. Yes, exactly. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing worse when there's nothing going on. No, true, true, true. Yeah. So I, I've got a list I was making, uh, just, a, just jotting down um, a number of the conversations that I've had this week. Lots and lots <laughs> of conversations, actually, with all types of companies. Um, so much, I didn't know where to start, actually, to talk to you. But let's, <laughs> um, let's, perhaps we should have a, a chat with you about what's happened with you this week and, and some of the things that you think might be relevant to our uh, podcast listeners.
1: So, I've been on several stages spreading the sales word, and I also organized, um, I call it the Mega Secret Humble Sales Club uh, at Funny Parties. It's so secret, nobody actually can remember the name, including myself, but (laughs) in essence, essence, I need to rename it, but it's so funny, and it's such a wrong name that we kind of, it sticks very, it sticks. So it's like 35. Uh, we had 35 CEOs, all scale-up phase. You could only enter the room if you were an executive and one of it, it's. It's really networking, and I don't ask charge any money for it, and I let people really speak in depth about business. And one of the things that really sticked in my mind was we had a company called Intuo. I talked several times already about them, Intuo.io. Yes. Uh, it's a performance management SaaS software. And they were explaining in detail their sales cadences, how they do it. And I have to say I was pretty amazed. And they actually started explaining that you need a drum beat. It's like a machine that runs. And if it doesn't run, you need to fix the broken parts. So you have several steps in there, and then it needs to run. And how they define the sales cadence is – Actually, you need at least five touch points to get to your customer. And they did some studies around it. And if you go above five, it does not work better than, I mean, how to say, if you do seven or eight, five is enough. So you do not have an incremental increase in hit ratio if you would use more. So five touch is a
0: good benchmark. That's that's specifically for them and their product in their market. No. because I checked it uh, on because I was intrigued.
1: So I started checking HubSpot because HubSpot was the one inventing this sales cadence word. Okay. And they actually also say five. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's the interesting one because yes. I know marketeers. They all say you yes. need at least 11 touches. Eleven. I know, Mark. We've both been in the room listening yes. to that story. I know. So I'm thinking five, but this is not like just a touch. This is really I, I check your LinkedIn profile then i send you an email it's really like outreaches right and then i try to call you and then i'm going to add you on linkedin and that, no it's not just sending a movie and hoping i hit you somewhere which for me is more marketing and branding approaches yes All right and they also claim one of their big claims is creativity wins and they are extremely creative for instance, they they showed me like personalized video movies when they were talking to a company called Elvis, and they actually had a guy singing an Elvis song for like ten seconds and then switched. I mean, they did a lot of this craziness, which for them works really well. <laughs> I'm always wondering. I'm always wondering how can you apply that in another business because I'm dealing with a lot of these companies that that are in the fintech, selling finance. And they're like, Michael, we can never ever send this stuff to a CEO. But you have to bear in mind, in two. Or only sends this stuff to CEOs
0: so mm.
1: I don't know I don't know if it's I think they're different they, they they don't have the fear and they think well you know what if it doesn't work it doesn't work and they just try so I'm, I'm really thinking I should try this for another company just to see if it works in some different manner I'm pretty some... sure if
0: if you would get an email like that you would be intrigued Mark you actually got one once yes I did yes absolutely yeah. um I've seen examples of their marketing, and, and I was impressed because I think it 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 achieved the first step for any marketeer, which is to grab attention. Yeah. Um, so, and and funny enough, because I was also – I was talking to somebody um, just yesterday, and they were um, at a conference where Benetton – and there was the photographer who was behind the Benetton adverts, and I don't know if you remember – yeah, what yeah, Benetton really did nuts. many years ago, where they've done the same thing again. They've got a um, a very well-known photographer who he's he's got his own style, um, and he goes out and he really does create impact. Benetton were criticized many, many years ago for creating billboards that many people were offended. But guess yeah. what? Everybody knew about it.
1: Yeah, so maybe... Maybe they're right. Huh?
0: I'm, 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 I've got a couple of questions, though, because when yeah. you're saying about these five touch points and, and the sales cadence, um, now, are you talking about, for instance, that they're communicating with somebody and they're sending them five messages, or are you talking that they are being able to monitor that there are five different ways which the client or the potential client is coming and, and viewing information from them before no, they engage. It's,
1: it's really things they can control, so outreaches they can control. I'll, I'll read you one, add on LinkedIn, number one, two, send them an email, three, call, meaning call, 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 until you reach them. Yes. Four, again, an email, and then five, the decision is either there is a meeting planned or you say stop, and then you put them in the nurture queue for potentially way later right. that's for them an example and then they have like timing eh? with two days in between uh, all of that but they shared some 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 uh stats that i i i wanted to talk about so at a certain stage they said well they had twenty thousand contacts in their database they started mailing 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 and they said for them said emails just doesn't work anymore no. and especially mark the interesting part was for them especially in uk it does not work so they are doing this in all countries and they say, yes. for some reason, UK is just like – I mean, if you do this in Scandinavia, people actually answer. I'm really sorry, but um, I think this email is not for me or I'm, I'm – I say they're really nice. They answer on these emails. Mm. In UK, it's just like nobody reacts. Mm. So it's just 5% response rate, one positive response, UK almost no results. <laughs>
0: mm. yeah. So what's going on with UK, Mark? What's, what's this thing <sighs> What's, well, what's Tell me. I, I think I, I think I mentioned this before is the fact that because you know, English that's our native uh, language in America, and this is just a theory, but I, I think it may be part of the reason is that I think in in America they were probably a little bit ahead as regards marketing and and reaching out and and really trying to fully leverage email marketing, mm-hmm. and I think that. After the USA, England was probably their next focus. I mean, yeah. I, we've had a lot of email coming in. And, and maybe as a consequence, we've now put up those barriers. Because, I mean, that's, that's the other thing about marketing, is marketing can work for a period. And then you can start to see the, the results wane. And you need to be measuring that. And yeah. after a while, it will become less effective. You see true, certain true. channels that can be very effective for a while. And then they're overused. Yeah, or they're true. abused. That's the other thing. True. LinkedIn, I think, is, is, is potentially going to suffer from that. Yeah, um, you're feeling eh? that. It's, it's heating up. Yeah, exactly. They need to control it. And that's the thing. Yeah, that's they, the won't. Thing. they
1: won't. They
0: I, won't. I, I'm not so sure. I, I think that, I, that the really successful platforms, they understand what's going on. And they, they need to put a control there so that there's balance. They can't. They don't want to. They don't want to stop the communication completely. No, they need true, to stop but... the abuse, and I think that's where they're going yeah. to be focusing. I'm
1: yeah. very curious because Twitter wasn't able to do it. Facebook is suffering from this a lot. People are f- flooding to Instagram. Uh, you see, you see, you mean, I'm curious because it's fundamentally their business model. Right? They make money. The more people, people. It's
0: hard to reach. you're going to spend more money. Do you think? Do you think Facebook has failed in that respect? I. I mean, I don't see it. I don't see it working B 2 B yet. People have told me it has. I've just not seen it myself. I think B to yeah, I think B to C is very
1: effective. I believe it's B 2 B to C actually that works really well. I think B 2 C it's effective, especially the guru funnels and these guys. They, they're oh yes, good in that's that. true. Yeah, they use Facebook. They all complain yes. that, of course, pricing gets higher and higher as time goes. Um, mm-hmm. Depends a bit. I mean, I've seen very successful B2B launch campaigns on Facebook also. Actually, also on uh, Instagram, because a lot of these uh, B2B companies tell me, oh, Michael, Instagram is nothing for me. But have a look at General Electric, GE. Mm. They have one of the most successful B2B Instagram uh, accounts. And it's only pictures of factories and boats and big machines
0: they have. Really nice pictures. You would love the pictures, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, video is being used um, very effectively on Facebook. I've seen that, in, in especially selling new gadgets. Uh, yeah. One, I bought, I bought something myself just recently. Really very, very effective bit of marketing. Um, worth looking up, actually, if you've got an iPhone, look up mm-hmm. Mouse, M-O-U-S. They've made a new iPhone case. And mm. the, case, the case is really slim. But they demonstrate it by dropping it from a crane at forty-five feet onto concrete, <laughs> and it doesn't <laughs> break. And like I thought making the intangible tangible. And Mark,
1: you believe it then? Eh? It's yeah. always the same thing. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's a video you see it with your own eyes. You, you perhaps doubt it a little bit because I imagine that if you have a case for an iPhone or maybe for an iPad, but for an iPhone, it's going to be really big and and sort of rugged and rubberized, you know, it will mm-hmm. sort of make the whole thing a lot bigger. But I'm holding it in my hands now, and it is no thicker. It's as slim as a normal case. It doesn't look different in any way. They make the back from wood, bamboo, uh, carbon fiber, and one other. substance. And it really is carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. And I saw there was, a, there was a, a reviewer who went out into the street, and he passed the phone to people, and he said... Throw it on the floor. And actually, he, there were some, there was some uh, women that coming out of a nightclub, I think it was, and one of them just slammed this this phone against a wall and it bounced on the concrete. And then they threw it down the stairs and the phone was still okay. I mean, it's really amazing, really effective. I mean, it, you didn't need any words. No, scary. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: interesting. So talking about what you just said, yeah, I, this, I had a lunch um, today with um, CEO of um, a VR playground, they call it. And yeah. while we were talking about strategy and he was struggling with, do I go there? Do I go there? And we were talking about uh, partner models and all of that. And he's, at a certain stage, he says, Michael, before we go on, you need to try this because otherwise you can't, I mean, you need to feel this. Yes. So I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, it's Friday. So um, I, I follow across the street and there is this big, big place uh i don't know the word you say hangar hangar you know yes. like a big place yes. big hangar. and you yep. you yeah. You, know, you put up i get a like um uh, how do you call it a rucksack and i get the glasses yep. and then i get a big gun in my hand like a plastic toy gun but really heavy with a recoil actually i'm thinking yeah the boys will be boys <laughs> and mark so and i'm standing in the middle of this really big space yeah. and he says okay you can walk around don't worry if if you get attacked you can run away when you see walls just don't hit them because it might be the you're outside of the field so then you put it on and he, he joins me so we're standing and he's talking to me and we're talking business funny how what do you think of this in the meantime and that's how you load your gun okay you can choose different guns and no 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 okay here we go and i'm in a graveyard and, like, sound is there. It's extremely creepy. And I'm looking around. I think, good God. And, of course, the zombies come and all of this stuff. So we, we had a lot of fun for half an hour, Mark. I really, really – you should try it, yeah. especially because you run around. It's incredible. Immersive. It's really incredible. And, again, I mean, we've talked about VR and all of this stuff. Man, it's coming. It's really coming. This time I really thought if, if you get the picture even, because it still looks like a game, if you move it a few levels up and it's going to come, it's going to be really, really scary stuff and fun stuff also.
0: So so he used that to grab your attention and to really yes. get a feel for what the this yes. is all about. Like in spend your time with me, not with the others, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Isn't so, that? Do you think that's an inv- an advantage in business if you're if you're selling something like that rather than some yeah some I, fintech <laughs> platform? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because
1: last night Come I was play. discussing with a fintech guy, and he says, "You know, I'm on the." He was in the business of you know the when you sent invoices, lots of invoices. He was the guy doing that as a service for companies with EDI and there are different ways of doing that. And he says, "Like it sounds so boring what I do, but I mean it's." I give a lot of value. And funnily enough, he had a big trouble um, getting his pricing right because for some reason, people want to pay more for uh, the receiving part uh, of invoices. I mean for – how to say that? Yeah, for the receiving part of invoice than the other side because one is revenue and the other is purely looked at cost. It's really funny. He said like, yeah, these guys from Ariba SAP, they can ask three times as much as I can do because they are on the other side. And it's really funny. Yeah. I thought, I never thought about that actually, but it makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Because I, their, I, their, their model is 1% of all the invoices you get. Can you imagine, Mark? You talk to a billion dollar company and you say, I want 1% of the
0: billion to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I would think this is scary. Not as much fun though as running around with VR, is it? No, no. We should do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We just go VR and we do the podcast with our helmets on. And say,
1: "Oh, Mark, wait a second. I need to reload for the zombie." <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? Tell me, tell me, tell oh. me. Oh,
0: well, I was talking to. I've talking to all sorts of companies this week, from very um, established businesses to some software businesses that have been around year, decades. They've been around decades. And and they're looking towards an exit, but very complex businesses, lots of different products to some startups, some people who have got young founders who have got some really new ideas and they're looking how to take those first steps. Some of them have progressed quite well, quite quickly. They've managed to uh, find some funding. One of the companies I spoke to, and hopefully I might be able to uh, give a bit more information, maybe even get them on the podcast they were doing 3D printing. Yeah. So the market proposition that they had was, it was, it was speed of prototype to market. Yeah. But it was mainly, that although that they had designed the hardware, it was mainly about the software. So if you're going to design a product, <clears throat> funny enough, he actually spoke about, he used the example, if you're going to design an iPhone case, then you mm-hmm. need to make a decision about the look the shape, how it fits the iPhone, but also the materials, combination of materials that are used in the (laughs) iPhone to maximize the resilience. And he he knew about the mouse product, so he may have had that in mind. It's quite strange, because actually the product had just arrived for me that day. So if you're using that, then the back, for instance, of the iPhone may be made from something different than you have around the edges. And then inside the iPhone, you've probably got another material again, that has got that high absorbency uh, requirement. yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, what yeah, yeah, their yeah. software does is it enables you to, um, or the the software, to, su- to suggest the materials and held within their database is all of the information regarding its absorbency, the flexibility, because that could be very, very important at, uh, for different products. And also mm-hmm. what the, what they're talking about is the shear strength because they can mix materials so held also within the database is the temperature at which these materials are going to be extruded at to be able to create those prototypes Um, because with normal um, plastic injection it can't blend in the same way the diagram he showed me which was of a sort of a turbine so you've got this spiral device that was going to be used in the machine and at one end it was 100% of one type of material and at the other end 100% of the other type of material and it was a, a, a clean blend from one to the other. At the base you needed the rigidity and at the tips you needed more flexibility and it would be able yeah, to yeah, create yeah. that blend right the way through and it had all of the material so all of the information so that it knew exactly how that Material would perform, which at the moment most people are doing that that manually. So to yeah. be able to create that really quickly, that makes a big difference. That's a pretty product. Yeah. So um, yeah, and they've been out to some some pretty large organisations, well-known companies, and they're showing a strong interest. Already raised quite a lot of money. So yeah. um, we're looking at that company at the moment um, because I think that is something. We've got to go through quite a few steps really to look at this in, in further detail, but quite interesting. Um, but it's great to hear the passion there. And um, it's a more of a, again, one of the things that I've always say is when I first meet with a company, I always want to find out what the background is of those founder or the founders, because you will see that that company will be created um, in the personality of that that founder. So if they're yep. a technical company, it will I have agree. that technical bias. Yeah, I, and, I fully agree. I yeah. fully agree. I see that every time. Yeah, and you will see, we're seeing now that they're they're now looking and, and having to work really hard about the marketing and the sales. Um, but we but we can help. So, I'm sure we can. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um it's very interesting. Another business that met, um has been in existence uh decades and the I think that they are struggling because the founders have been doing this for so long. They don't know what life would be without this business. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And the business yeah. the business is not performing. You know. What we've been saying about, you know, looking Look within the software industry at the companies that are really growing. And and you know, the last eighteen months we've been really focused on that. We've got three three hundred and seventy, I think it is, of these fast growth SMEs. We've now got sixty-four software unicorns that we're studying. That's um, a lot. Yeah. And 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 it's growing. There was um there was a big increase, I think it was in twenty sixteen. It dipped a bit in 2017, but it seems to be picking up again in 2018. So there's more joining the, the ranks of the unicorns. Um, and and I think that is, you know, a number of factors. So those companies are growing really quickly and they're overtaking some of the, the more established businesses. And that must be causing a lot of frustration. So <laughs> they're, they're struggling. Their revenues are going down. But what they do... Um, because they uh, they they have that problem that they are they don't want to let go. I think I think um, that they've probably ridden that business too far. Yeah, and it needs a lot of work to turn
1: that round. Interesting, actually. I was uh, with a company this week, can't say the name, and I felt from every angle that it existed five, fifteen, sixteen years, yeah. and. I looked at the product, and while all of their competition is going in cloud and SaaS, they are—they were showing me their data center. Interestingly, it's a long time ago. Somebody showed me a data center they owned, yeah. and they had it on servers, and they actually were still talking about Windows XP kind of stuff, where I'm thinking, oh, boy. Yeah. But they dominated the market. But I feel from every angle, I smelt the Guys, I mean, somebody's going to eat you alive if you don't invest in the product. But mm. I feel immediately they don't want to invest in the product because they've been around 15, 16 years. And it's it's this this you know this flex moment where they either going to, they'll have to sell it or they'll have to do something or they have to invest. But, I mean, you can do this for two, three years, but then something will happen, right? If you don't take the choice, somebody else is going to make it for you.
0: Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the... The world changes, and if they don't change, they'll get left behind. Yeah. And, and maybe further investment into that product isn't the, rest, the right way forward. Maybe they need to develop another product, but exactly. they, need, they need to have a think about what, where, is, where is the real diamond within their business? Is it their software, or is it their knowledge? Is it their customer base? Yeah, is it what yeah, they yeah. know? Is it what they know about a particular market? In which case, that might start to give them, them other options. But where you tend to get the problem is if the shareholders are looking for a shorter term exit, and you've got an yeah. executive team that are looking for sort of the longer term, you start to get a conflict. Yeah, yeah. and the, the problem that I immediately saw exactly what you said
1: is that. You, they hire young young guys, young guns,
0: mm. and they want
1: to move forward, and they get extremely frustrated, so I felt it from every angle if this continues, I mean this good guy here is gonna go for sure yeah, and you you can bribe him with lots of stories and a good car and a nice salary, and then you can you know you can give him a big title, but eventually really talented people
0: feel and smell something's wrong, and they're gonna go and i think I think at the heart of that. Is um, not is is avoiding those painful conversations because yeah, you got both. Also,
1: they, they they don't want to do it yet because they are not sure what to do.
0: And things are yes. fine, you know. The, yeah. the classic
1: mark. Things are fine. We're getting lots of cash in here. Yes. Things are fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. But will they stay fine? Yeah,
1: but they'll probably think when it change. I mean, I'm 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 now playing the advocate of the devil. I could saw it in their eye. They're probably thinking, "Hey, you come in, you have no clue about my business. You're telling me all this stuff. I've been doing this for 15 years. I dominate the space. I make tons of money. I have a really good life. Why would I change now? See, that's
0: resistance. Yeah, it's a case by case basis. Yeah, it's it's down to understanding what the objectives are of those investors and shareholders. Um, yeah, and then seeing what the the real strengths are within that company, and yeah. and maybe they don't have anywhere to go. I've, I've worked in organisations. Well, saying they haven't got anywhere to go, you've always got somewhere to go, but it it perhaps doesn't make sense for them to take that business forward. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah. sometimes you perhaps perhaps they need to divest, or m- maybe they need to start. Um, a new subdivision which can split away. There's lots of companies that have been created in that way. Yeah. Um, lots of uh, lots of companies that I've come across that, that were part of much larger organizations that gained a certain expertise and, and rather than diluting that expertise, they created a, a separate organization to really um, take that opportunity and, and move forward with it. And as it grew, they split it away and then... You know, the established company gets some benefit from that and the guys that wanted to move forward, they could do it. There, there, there's lots and lots of options when you get to that stage and, and I've been in those meetings where I've I've sat at the table where you've got the two opposing sides where it almost seems like that you've, you've got mixed a, a mixed um, objectives or, or mixed in the respect of timing. There's, a, there's a group of people perhaps that are looking more short term and they're not wanting to invest money that they won't get a return on. Whereas the others want to drive the business forward and they're scared right. that they're going to get overtaken. And right. in today's software industry, that is a really big, you you see it, companies be, go from nowhere to really big, strong companies generating I, enormous uh, revenue. I actually agree with, uh, I, I, t- I tell that to people a lot. Try to create a sub-brand
1: or a different brand, yeah. let it stay under your wings for a while, but make it look completely different. Like the outside, different website, different branding, all of that, but it could still be the product. And then you can – yeah, I, I actually say that loud, So that's – Mark, so that's really good advice from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, try. You it's Friday <laughs> evening
0: later, Mark. So <laughs> you got to forgive me for that one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you – what – um what do you advise companies that you're talking to about supporting their salespeople with marketing material? What are the Oof. things that you see that work? What doesn't work? Where do I, they? I, where do they? Yeah. Where does a company need to really I, focus?
1: I, I fundamentally believe in making the intangible tangible. Right. So you need to find something to trigger um, trigger um, lots of sensors. Let's say it like that. It can be a sheet, of, a, a, a sheet of paper. It can be something else. But in essence, the problem is a lot of people think, well, let's let's take the Xerox or the Canon or the HP approach to life. You, I want my sales guys to go out with... Uh, uh, binders of every solution, and they just start asking questions. And when the question says, "I might want to need uh, this," then you pull it out and say, "Here it is." <laughs> that's that's the old school way of of looking at things. I believe it needs to be a bit different. I think you need to inspire people, and you need to give things that they will actually either. Uh, if you're talking to the, the the one in charge, that they will take it to the people working for them and say, look at this. This could be interesting for all of you. Or do you do it the other way around? You create material for the manager, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I see works really well is uh, proper use cases, but not the classic use case saying we are this. Uh, you know how classic use case go. Uh, description, yes. it's like a big block of text, blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. the power does, blah, 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 blah. And no, I really want you to make something Nice and a bit funky. I'll let's say, even in finance, with with some graphs, with with the language they understand. If you're, for instance, trying to sell invoice solutions to accountants, I've been into that space. Then you need to show, like, you need to show an Excel and then how do you move away from it? You need to really make it tangible and and some numbers in there and inspirational. That works really, really well if you do that good. But I do not come across good. Exa- I mean, it's very rare I see something I think. This is really nice. This is exactly what it need to, needs to be. And it's not only design, it's just the way it's written and the way it's visually done. And it shouldn't be a lot. It's easy to create, actually.
0: I had a conversation just this morning, actually, with a company. Um, we originally came across them when we went to the COGEX exhibition. Do you remember we spoke about that brief, briefly. It was the mm-hmm. AI exhibition yeah. of machine learning. I um, yeah. had a conversation with the CEO He comes from a sales and marketing background. It was evident within the first minute. He was able to pitch that business. It wasn't technical. He made it really clear. And what they have is a platform specifically for journalists who are wanting to make their life easier by getting the information they need before anyone else. And that could mean um, information that a particular event has happened or a video or an image, which they can then write an article and be get fast out into the marketplace. And what I really liked about these guys were they do use artificial intelligence, but they weren't leading with it. They were leading with a very clear positioning, which is we help journalists. Because actually, the, the interesting thing is that journalists, now this is where I think a lot of tech companies are wrong. Time and time again, I see companies and somebody asked me to go and have a look at their website to get a feel for them and the first few words i see up are artificial intelligence we use artificial intelligence data analytics machine learning to help improve your efficiency and profitability i mean variations on that sentence there must be hundreds and thousands of them whereas these people were very focused in it's a start it's a startup they weren't trying to be all things to all men and they'd focused in on an area that they understand and they knew journalists don't, don't like artificial intelligence, AI. If you mention AI, it immediately turns them off now that's going to that's going to surprise a few people because there's a lot of people in the software industry that they want to include AI in every sentence they utter. They want I forget to put it. To mention big data, big oh yes, big data, yes, yes, and, and GDPR, yes, yes well, we have we. A bit, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and they've learned we don't want to do that because journalists at the moment their understanding of AI is this could be a threat to our jobs. 're to: We're going to have artificial intelligence' going to be writing articles. I', First I don't, thing I'm thinking of: yeah, yeah, I don't think that's true because we don't really want to hear the opinion of a machine. The thing about good journalism is you're getting an opinion from a, from a human being, but what yes. it's using is the artificial intelligence to enable those journalists to do a better job. Now that's smart, that is really good, and, and it's those type of solutions that I would really like to see to get a, a, a higher profile.. Mm-hmm. Um, Rather than, unfortunately, as I said before, a lot of those CogX guys were. We're really into artificial intelligence and machine learning, and we're the experts, and we can create you solutions. Yeah, yeah, true.
1: Yesterday, I I saw a presentation uh, chatbot with a lot of artificial intelligence, (laughs) which actually can guide you. Can guide you, for instance, you're on a website, ask some questions, and then you can say, "Yeah, I'm looking for." can't say what well because then people will know who did. Okay. I'm looking for this, and then it will actually bring you to the page. So it w- could control the website behind. Pretty nice. But it took him 30 minutes with slides and slides of Gardner and difficult words and all of this, how the world was changing. You know these slides, one big picture, <laughs> and then a number and a text. And I was like, oh, after half an hour, I was thinking. And then he showed this product, and his product was like, it was really well made. But yeah. it looked so simple because it was well made. It looked really simple. Yeah. And I mean, these people, they were expecting like a rocket to Mars, right? it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> ah, that's what it does. Oh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> it was done. I'm, so <laughs> it was, it's, I'm, gonna, I'm done. going
0: to demonstrate my product. I'm going to yeah. show you my, dem- my uh, product and I'm going to demo it. But before I do, I want to tell you a quick history of the world before yeah. we get there.
1: <laughs> oh, and he mentioned, he did mention, a, you know how I'm in favor of not doing this? He did had Elon Musk on the screen with a text. And I'm always like, I told him because he said, Michael, do you have some advice? And I'm like, dude, Don't, if, you, if you use one of these guys, it means you have
0: no opinion. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, um who else? Bill yeah, Gates. Amazon. Amazon, the Amazon guy. The Amazon yeah. 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 Warren, Warren Beatty. They're, they're the ones. The that first trillionaire, by the way. Yeah. Talking
1: about a unicorn. (laughs) I don't know what that is. That's even another category.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Ah, actually, really interesting. The other thing about this company with this journalist platform was, he said, what what we find is we go in, we demonstrate our product 12 minutes flat, it's done, and they understand it. Isn't that refreshing? That is like it should be. Yeah. Very short and sweet. Here it is. And this gives, is what it does. Don't it show fresh, everything but... in
1: one go. If no. you can do that really well, find ways to let them come back. That's that's what you need to do.
0: Yeah, I think I, I, it's understandable because, you know, we, especially in those startups, you're talking to the founders who have an immense amount of knowledge usually. They've worked really hard. Clever guys, academic, and they want to get all of that information out of their head because they're really impressed with it. But they just, they forget they're not, their audience is not coming from the same place they are, and they just no. overload the audience. It's true, true. its just all over them. Yeah. Actually, talking about overloading our audience, we're at 35 minutes, coming up to 36 yeah. minutes. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun, eh? <laughs> <laughs> even, even late on a Friday afternoon, you yeah. can still have fun. True, true. So I'm you gonna got pour any...
1: myself a good glass
0: of wine, Mark, and I'm just gonna stop doing stuff now. <laughs> have you got? Have you read anything recently? Anything? Any tips or anything that we could give to the listeners? Any books that you've read? Or you've probably been doing too much driving by the sounds of it. Yeah, I've been a lot
1: in the car. No, I, I, I do, I, I, I do sit on a lot of information. So I think you and I, one of the things we should do at a certain stage is like, like. Share the best I, – I like this one, Mark. Share the best slide we've seen in a year. Mm, that's a good one. The best PowerPoint slide. <laughs> because I, I tell you one something that I started noticing. I mean, we've all seen it. You go to an event and people start taking pictures when the slides are good. Yesterday, I'm in front – no, the day before. I, no, no, it was yesterday. I'm in front of this audience. It's like a big uh, movie theater thing, you know, so they, they you see them really, all the faces uh, up close, and I'm doing this slide with four parts, and nobody's moving, and I'm thinking, okay, this is not good, and then when I get to the fourth part in the slide, I see the entire room taking their phone, taking a picture, so I know on that moment, this is a good slide, and it's, <laughs> it's probably because of a mix between content, and also, I've started to really design my slides, so they look very nice. So because I know the only thing that you can know if you're doing a good job is when people start doing this picture
0: thing. Well they might be, they, they might be taking a photograph of it because they're thinking, I've got no idea what that means. Let me take a photograph of it and I can be the same. I can and then take it, it home also, and study it. <laughs> Mark. And then there is always this guy asking,
1: Hey Michael, screams through the screen, Are you sharing the slides?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> no I'm not. And then I'm like,
1: Well, I will, but not all of them. <laughs> Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Because then, and you know what's funny? Sometimes I just send them all, and then I have people saying,
0: hey, I figured out to...
1: which slide you didn't send. And I'm like, uh, dude, I sent them all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: but I like the idea of the
0: slide. That's a good one. A I like slide. that. I'll tell you something I did think today. If there are any app developers out there, go and speak to Range Rover. I, I've got a new Range Rover, and the Range Rover apps are awful. They just don't work. They're so buggy. So please contact Range Rover. Get them sorted because I think the rating on the iPhone's app is one star out of five. Now, there's a big opportunity. I've spoken to lots of these app developers. In fact, I usually get three or four contact me every week looking for business. Don't come and contact me. Go and speak to Range Rover because they need a big help. So that's my tip for this week. And also a book which is by Annette Simmons. It's called, and I love the title, title, Whoever Tells the Best Story Wins. And that's very true. Yeah, I I really like that. I love that one. I actually am going
1: to an event, and there was a guy speaking, and he wrote a book, and the title is... Trust me, I'm a salesman. <laughs> 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 I haven't read it yet, so let me, let, me, let me see him on stage and read the book and let you know if it's good.
0: Well, I know, I know Ben Kench. Actually, Ben Kench would be a great guy to get onto our podcast. You would have a good conversation with him. He wrote The Sales Guide for Dummies. I always think yeah. that's a funny one to have, The Sales Guide for Dummies. But he's yeah. a lively guy. Perhaps I'll um, have a chat with him and get him onto our podcast. Good perfect all right i think we're done i've had enough of you now i'm getting tired. Yeah, I <laughs> we're nearly 40 minutes what are we doing we're going crazy all right good to speak to you michael and um hopefully you have a good week uh next week i'm doing a bit of traveling next week so i'm going to be in the netherlands for a few days and uh, doing some business over there so we'll see what happens and uh i look forward to speaking to you next week thank you mark cheers cheers bye-bye